The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 12th chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided. Three against two and two against three. They will be divided. Father against son and son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. Mother Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say it is going to rain, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky But why do you not know how to interpret the present time? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Some tough readings this morning. Let's start a little softer. Who first brought you to faith? Who was the person who first brought you to faith? And who encouraged that fledgling faith in you? It may be the same person. It may be someone different, depending on your story. And then going a little further, many of us grow up in the faith, and then we face doubts, and we face a period of questioning. Who allowed you to sit with those doubts and those questions? Who allowed you that sacred space? And who challenged you to make your faith your own through that process or helped you through that journey to claim faith for yourself? And then maybe a little further on down the road, who inspired you to live out your faith in ways that really mattered, that made a difference in the lives of other people? Not just believing for the sake of yourself, but believing for the sake of another? Who forgave you when you thought what you had done was unforgivable and reminded you that you were always welcome in the community of believers, that God loved you always, no matter what? Who are these people for you? Take a moment and turn to your neighbor and share with them one of these persons and how they impacted your faith life and your development. All right, dear friends. I have a feeling those are some deep and important stories in your life. These folks that you just told about, these folks that you are thinking about this morning, they form your very own personal great cloud of witnesses that we hear about in our reading from Hebrews for today. 
And they follow in a long line of folks who throughout generations and millennia have sought after this God that we come here to worship on Sunday mornings, this God that we confess. Now that journey, seeking after this God, well, it isn't always an easy one. Just look at our readings for today, which I've already mentioned are quite challenging. In Jeremiah, we find a reluctant prophet. In Hebrews, we hear one of the worst ads for Christian discipleship that possibly was ever written. And in Luke, from the lips of our dear, sweet Jesus come these less than sweet words, I have come to bring division. I have not come for peace. I have come to bring division. Households turned against one another. Father against son. Daughter against mother. mother Mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. Okay, that one we knew, right? (laughs) But the other two, father against son, daughter against mother. This is tough, tough teaching. Our families will be divided. Turns out that this God that we seek after lays hold on our lives and claims us and refuses to let go. It's going to make demands of us. While looking at Jeremiah, he did not want to preach the message that God told him to preach. He had a counterpart, a different prophet named Hananiah, and he wanted Hananiah's job. That's the job Jeremiah wanted. Because Hananiah ran around telling everybody all this really great stuff. He said that God would soon destroy the Babylonians, who were the Israelites' enemies. He said that God would restore the Israelites to full power and put a king from the line of David back on that throne. He said that the temple would grow in prominence and beauty and be one of the most revered places on earth. He said everything that pretty much everybody in his day and time wanted to hear. And guess what? They loved him for it, right? They loved Hananiah. He was a hero to everybody. Well, Jeremiah would sit there watching Hananiah preach about all the good things that lay ahead. And he would feel this massive lump welling up in his throat because he knew the message that God had given him to offer. And he didn't want to share it. Absolutely nothing in him wanted to share it. Every part of his physical and spiritual being wanted to remain silent, to not speak this word from God, and in fact, to hightail it out of there, which truth be told would have probably been a good idea for him because Jeremiah would face the death sentence several times in his life and barely escape from it over and over again because his message, it was the opposite of Hananiah's. And for it, he was very unpopular, even unsafe. But, mm, I mean, many would say that Jeremiah had it easy, right? Who would say that? Well, fast forward to Hebrews, and we hear this little pitch for discipleship today. Come follow God Almighty, the writer of Hebrews says, and shut the mouths of lions, quench raging fire, escape the edge of the sword, win strength out of weakness, suffer mocking and flogging, chains and imprisonment, wander in deserts and mountains, in caves, and in holes in the ground. 
And then, as if all of that didn't sound appealing enough, the writer adds that others have been stoned to death, sawn in two. Those words are in our reading for today. Sawn in two, killed by the sword. So some didn't escape the edge of the sword. Some were killed by it. And some have found themselves walking around in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented. But if the writer of Hebrews thought he was being tough, he had nothing on Jesus, who today gives us one of the toughest messages in all of Scripture. Sometimes seeking after God will cost you more than you ever thought it would. More than you bargained for, more than you wanted to give. Sometimes it will cost you someone, not something. So, if you'll permit me a little humor to lighten this mood, to lighten this sacrifice we're talking about. I have nothing on Jeremiah, after all, and I don't attest to. Those who speak about discipleship start to sound like folks did to Jamie and I when I was pregnant with the twins. You see, people would look at us like we were crazy and say, so you all wanted twins, as if it was our decision, right? (laughs) And others would say, you know you're never going to sleep again, right? You'll never have a sleep-filled night ever. You're going to be tired all the time, tired 24-7. They're going to whine all the time. They're going to cry all the time. Your life is over as you know it, right? Others would talk about the disgusting things in detail. And I would love to be judgmental toward those folks for this unsolicited commentary on my impending life, but I realize that since becoming a parent, I do similar things, telling horror stories of poop and vomit and sleepless nights myself, right? Which reminds me of how conversation goes around pretty much every new endeavor that we seek to undertake. This is how people talk around anything tough we try to do, right? Oh, well, if you've been there before, you're like, oh, yeah, I've been there before. Welcome to the trenches. People will talk about, well, remember going to college, the stories you would hear about mean professors or how much you were going to miss home, or somebody would tell the horror of how they flunked out and couldn't get it back together and had to go back home for a while and then would go back to school, right? Or remember when you started your first real job, Your parents told you, don't be surprised if most of your duties involve going out to get coffee for the whole office and nobody lets you do anything important for, you know, say two, three, maybe four years. Your older siblings would be looking down on you saying, you have to pay your dues, you have to put in your time, right? Or remember quitting your job to start your own business? That was when everyone told you you were absolutely crazy, right? Or I think about some members of our church who are going back to school as adults, and I wonder what they've heard. How are you going to have time for that? How are you going to make time for that? Why now, right? Each of these things, each of these things in our life that people talk to us like that about, well, they're tough, right? They're hard things to achieve. It's not easy to do them. But each of them, each of these things is worth it. Right? It's worth all of the sacrifices that these things ask of us. 
The dreams bound up in them, in each of these things, will never be fulfilled if we don't work at them. So as disciples of Jesus, building God's kingdom here and now, well, it's living up to what we dream of. It's working toward what we dream of every day, day in, day out. It is fighting for what we dream of. It is sacrificing for what we dream of. It is dying for what we dream of. Jesus bids us to come and die. But what good news, what good news, dear friends, that if we are going to set out on such a journey as this, such a grand and difficult endeavor, what good news it is to know that there is always company. There is always company. For we find ourselves in each and every moment surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Those people we remembered before, earlier this morning, and even those who came before them, those whose memories we honor, those who led us on our way. And thinking about them reminds me of a coach in a locker room. His team surrounded by scores of awards. He tells them, a win today is not just for you. It is for all those who have gone before you, and it is for all those who will come after you, for you are a blank. And I'm not going to insert the team name or mascot here because that's very personal and I'm not stupid enough to go there. But <laughs> think about your team, right? You are a blank, and all the people that went before you worked so hard, and all the people who go after you, all of this, all of this work, why we work so hard is to honor them, to be part of that legacy. More seriously, it reminds me of some of the greatest leaders and moments in our history. It reminds me, in particular, of this incredible quote from Winston Churchill, in which he appealed to his countrymen by honoring the legacy of those who have gone before them, where he writes, we must not underrate the gravity of the task which lies before us or the temerity of the ordeal to which we shall not be found unequal. We must expect many disappointments and many unpleasant surprises, but we may be sure that the task which we have freely accepted is not one beyond the compass of, the, of our strength. The Prime Minister said it was a sad day, and that is indeed true, but at the present time there is another note which may be present, and that is a feeling of thankfulness that... If these great trials were to come upon our island, there is a generation of Britons here now ready to prove itself not unworthy of the days of yore and not unworthy of those great men, the fathers of our land, who laid the foundations of our laws and shaped the greatness of our country. We, dear friends, are surrounded by a great, great cloud of witnesses. The writer of Hebrews promises it is so. We follow in their legacy, and they have led us this far, and they will lead us onward and home. 
And in the meantime, they are here right alongside us. They are guiding us, beckoning us forward, begging us not to retreat, reminding us of that dream of God's kingdom for which we fight. God's kingdom, God's justice, God's love come to pass. For then, for now, for always. Amen.